My name is Sherlock Holmes. I'm a consulting detective, and if I'm being honest, I am afraid. I've fallen into the darkness again, haven't I? For all the skills, all the accolades I've acquired, there are certain things in which I'm still not enough in, and cannot have. I'm trying, yet. Whatever I do, it's still never enough. Forgive me for venting. Surely my mood must be worsened by the fact that I'm recording this from under the sidewalk overhang outside of Lewis's butcher shop, which smells terrible and somehow has not been shut down yet, despite my repeated reports to the health department to do so. I am on my way to the university. I will be living in the laboratory there until further notice, as I have nowhere else to go. My now ex-roommate, Stuart Murray, has just evicted me. Hence why I'm recording this from underneath this putrid overhang instead of my flat while Lewis stares at me with those cold, puny eyes of his as he chops up meat. The trouble with Stuart Murray has been going on for some time, but it reached its peak this morning when the proverbial straw broke the camel's back, except the straw came in the form of fleas breaking the metaphorical camel's back. What is this? Stuart Murray had exclaimed, kicking open the door to my bedroom with his naked foot. He was holding something between his thumb and forefinger. I could not see what he was holding, but considering that his foot clearly had some sort of insect bite on it, and the skin was slightly reddened from him scratching it, I deduced what he was holding despite the distance between us. They're just fleas, roommate, I declared, setting down the cookie I'd been eating before he so rudely burst in. My name is Stuart Murray, he said. Why in the blazes are there fleas? They're from your cat. What's his face again? I swear I'll put that animal out into the street. His name is Mr. Sprinkles, and if he goes out into the street, I shall go with him, I said, holding Mr. Sprinkles up against my chest defensively, despite Mr. Sprinkles' efforts to extricate himself from my grasp. Besides, Stuart Murray, the fleas aren't from him anyways. I've invented a potion I apply to his back once a month that makes him immune to fleas. Why are there fleas, though? Stuart Murray repeated, stomping his foot. I drew myself up to my full height and tried to look at Stuart Murray in a very serious and resolute manner, but the effect was lessened by the fact that Mr. Sprinkles was now trying to climb onto my head. I'm trying to train the fleas to play the piano. I need them to accompany me on Bach's violin concerto in A minor. It will be beautiful and well worth the effort, I promise you. If you're wondering how they're going to push the piano keys, I have invented a mechanism that allows them- They're biting my toes as we speak, Stuart Murray interrupted, plucking a flea off his foot with his free hand, so he was now holding a flea in each of his hands. At least there was little chance of him removing Mr. Sprinkles from the premises when both of his hands were preoccupied by fleas. Well, it's not my fault your toes look so much like piano keys. I mean, maybe if you wore socks sometimes instead of marching around here as barefooted as Augustus of Prima Porta, it would be harder for them to bite you. They're just little babies. Would you yell at a baby if it bit you? I would, Stuart Murray said without hesitation, and I knew he was not being facetious. If you're so good at training them, how come they're acting like this? I rolled my eyes. It's still a work in progress. Give it another week. Their brains have a limited capacity and can, I can only teach them to do one thing at a time. Right now, the most important thing is that they know how to play the piano. And as soon as they've mastered the piano parts, I promise I'll attempt to train them not to bite you. First, the alligator in the bathtub. 
Then the brain in the freezer. Now these blasted fleas, Stuart Murray shouted, stomping some more. This is the final straw, you ratbag freak. I've been wanting to evict you for such a long time. And this time I finally have reached my limit once and for all. I know, I said. I can tell by the way you've been setting your key to the flat down on my end of the table that you've been planning on evicting me for quite some time. Because that implied a desire to physically impose upon my personal space. Ever since October 5th, after we fought about the alligator, you've been turning your torso away from me when we're talking. Only by a few centimeters more than usual, but it still implies a lack of interest, a desire to get away from me, and, uh, get out and take those blasted fleas with you. It's too late. They live in the carpet now. You'll never get rid of them. You have an hour, he shouted, and went to slam my door behind him, but he couldn't because he was still holding the fleas. He hesitated with rage. I'll take the fleas, please, I said. He threw the fleas at me and I bent to pick them down off the carpet. Then he slammed the door. You're missing out on some musical geniuses, I shouted at him through the closed door, but Stuart Murray said nothing in reply and was disappointed to be just a little. I began packing. Even though I packed fairly quickly, I am a collector of things and therefore am in possession of a great number of objects, so it took me longer than an hour. A good deal of this time was spent picking up enough fleas off the carpet to continue my experiment, but leaving behind just enough to annoy Stuart Murray. At the one-hour mark, Stuart Murray kicked the door open again to shout at me, but once he saw I was actively packing, he stomped out of the room without saying anything. I think even he realized that a slow exit is better than no exit at all, and was so relieved by the fact that I would not have to be forcefully removed from the premises that he didn't care how long it took. Within reason, of course. It is possible that I intentionally lagged some points in the packing, First of all, because it was my last real chance to irritate him, and second, because I wanted to experiment to see how long I could push the boundaries of his patience before he'd get angry again. Ultimately, packing took around three hours. When I was done, I called for a cab. I had the cabbie come up to help me with my bags. My belongings barely fit in his cab, so we had to tie some of them onto the cab roof, and the cabbie had to hold my jaw of fleas on his lap as we drove. I held Mr. Sprinkles in my lap, and he kept trying to escape out through the window as we picked our way through the busy streets. We dropped off my belongings at the home of an old, I suppose you could say friend of mine. I cannot stay with them, but I know she will keep my belongings mostly safe until I can find another place to live, which is all I can ask for at this time. Once this was done, I had the cabbie drop me off outside of Lewis's butcher shop with only my essential belongings, and I tipped him handsomely, of course. It is within walking distance of the university, and I feel it is best if I enter their property as stealthily as possible as to not alert undue suspicion to my presence in the way that a cab arrival may do. My fleas and Mr. Sprinkles are still with me, but I am lacking a piano until further notice. This has disappointed me considerably, but there are many pianos in London, so I know it's only a matter of time before I can remove this experiment from its hiatus. I am curious to see how much of the training will be retained, and I feel this may give me even more interesting data for my experiment. Lewis is now looking at me with a slightly more suspicious expression than usual and I'm wondering how long it will take before he comes over to the window to threaten me to leave. Part of me would welcome such drama, such potential danger. And the other part of me recoils from this. It is a constant push and pull in my life, and not just in the situation I currently find myself in. I do not know what I want, and whether the gambler's wheel is meant to fall upon happiness for me, or for sorrow. I've almost always come out on top before, so logically speaking, I likely will this time as well.
but it doesn't feel like it. My prospects feel grim, and though it is a feeling and not a fact, I cannot shake it no matter what I do. Past success is never a promise of future winnings. I, I fear the day when I've tested my luck one too many times. And rather than leaping and getting close enough to the next ledge to pull myself up by white-knuckled fingertips, I fear the day I fall. And I hate that part of me is curious as to what would happen if I fell. Lewis has set down his knife and looks as though he's about to approach the window, so I'm picking up my bags and Mr. Sprinkles and my fleas and walking towards the university, trying to make it look as though it's something I've just remembered I've wanted to do. When I looked over my shoulder, Lewis was picking up his knife again and resuming his meat chopping. The new year is upon us and Lewis has a busy week ahead of him as people prepare to celebrate the holiday. For me, the holiday is a day just like any other. People make resolutions. People say they want to change. Sometimes they do. I don't like to think of myself as a sentimental person. Even if, perhaps, deep down, I might be. As much as I hate it sometimes, I am human. But I hate even more the vulnerability that comes with that. But I cannot deny, there are things I yearn for. There are things I know I cannot be and cannot have. I'm very tired. I keep finding myself in places I'd rather avoid. I can't keep ending up here, but I don't know how to stop it. I am trying, and yet whatever I do, it is never enough. Sherlock's Box of Curiosities is a podcast written and directed by Ashley Craft and produced by Exquisite Lore based on the Sherlock Holmes stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sherlock Holmes was played by Ashley Craft. You can support this podcast by telling your friends about it, giving us a good rating on the podcast side of your choice, or supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You can find the links in our description. Thank you for listening.